everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Today, we're covering The Night Shifter. We are finally in Brazil! I don't Brazilia. think we've been... I don't, I'm pretty sure we've not been to Brazil yet, this podcast. Oh, no. No. <laughs> I'm almost... I'm like 99.99999% sure we've never been to Brazil on this podcast. Yeah, and we should have gone because this shit was fun. <laughs> it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was a good time. Yeah. Just, just from up the, uh, you know, up top, the coroner who talks to dead people is a really interesting concept that I'd never like. Okay, you know what I mean? Like I, I you know, we, in America we had the sixth sense, and you know we've had other things, but I, I've never seen one where like someone who predominantly works with dead bodies is now talking to them. True Calling, which was at Eliza Dushku show that was wrongfully canceled when I was a tween, um, is the closest we've gotten. <laughs> Never watched that show. <laughs> oh my! Why would uh? I would say that is the closest to this setup, but even that was not like this at all. Because again, once you leave the country, people do things in a very, very. It, it's a better situation usually. Um, because not no shade to that show because I did love that show, but like it was not like this, and it was not giving me all of the things this one gave me, and not fucking with me on these levels, and it was. It was a fine time, but it was not this much fun. Um, I would say everything else aside from that would be more like Brian Fuller stuff, but that's like mm -hmm. Wonder Falls and Pushing Daisies, which is not like yeah. specifically morgue-centered so much as they just go by the morgue or talk to dead people quite often. Um, right. <laughs> right, none of them are actual corners. Yeah. Like, are there all the time? Yeah, I meant dead like me. Wonder Falls was not the one with the dead people. I need yeah, to clarify like right. that right now. Somebody will be like, you bitch. Like, <laughs> what were you watching? <laughs> yeah, because I was actually thinking, I was like, what was that show? And then, yeah, it was Dead Like yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder Falls is the that. one with the knickknacks, which was also really cool and dark, um, but not Dead Like Me. Right, right. Yeah. It was just, it was just a really interesting way to introduce the uh, central conflict mm -hmm. by as, like, with his, I guess, powers. I and, I, and I love that it never clarified if he was actually talking to dead people or if he was just crazy because he was working the night shift. It never fully, like, this is real or this is not real. Because at the end, she's like, you're crazy. Both of you get out. <laughs> like, clearly he was talking to dead people because he knew too much, which is how he got some strings pulled. What well, I love true. about... What I love about this morgue setup is that it quietly sticks in a conversation about these jobs that people don't want mm. and also the class system in this like little neighborhood area because he's clearly less important than the baker who's banging his wife uh, <laughs> and can't afford to like pay for pastries. Um, <laughs> and it, it's just, it does all that while also being just a really fun and messy ride. Like my notes were like, this marriage is fucked up. What is this? Who is she? She's a witch. And then it was like, oh, oh, I see, I see, I see. Um, yeah. This marriage is key. I just want to drop in that Morgan's keeping me the fuck out because I don't do dead people. Like, will not get out of a car <laughs> in a cemetery during that whole ceremony situation. Right. As a ceremony, like, the dead people are getting married. I don't know what it's called anymore. <laughs> uh, I, did, um, I did laugh a lot when he, like, 
they were playing the prank on him and set that dead man up next to him as he was sleeping and he woke up and the dead man later was like, you got scared when you saw my junk or whatever he said. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it because again, like people take on these jobs and we just sort of forget about them. We know that they have to be doing these jobs and right. they know that these jobs are not your typical nine to fives. And it's, it's especially hard to work a night shift and have a family, I would imagine, if it's just hard to work a night shift without one. I couldn't do it. Yeah, no. And so there's also that conversation of dad's got to make money because mom's not working. Uh, mom is getting funding from other ah, ventures. This mom. <laughs> I just... Pastry man. Oh. It wasn't even that cute. I'm just saying. I think it was a class thing because, again, her husband, mm. I think part of their conflict is he's poor. And he's he's so poor that like his job has a smell. She's always coming about the smell in the house and how he smells. He needs to wash his clothes and ass before he can sit on the furniture or touch his kids. And so I think that she's like, "Ooh, this bakery life." It smells so good in a bakery, right? No dead people here. <laughs> yeah, I I have lots of issues with the mother character, but. Are you ready to go there? Yes, because that marriage was in trouble from the second she ran out of the bathroom yelling. I just, okay. So I could not, and maybe you caught something that I did, because this is subtitled, so sometimes, you know, I couldn't finish the line before I went to the next line. (laughs) One, from from the beginning, I was like, this woman is not happy, and she is taking it out on everyone. When she was, like, honestly kind of abusive to the kids, rude to the husband, and I was like, I kind of feel sorry for the guy, for the husband, but I also assume this is written by a cis het white or cis het man. So it's like, yeah. Um, but then it made it, it made it harder for me to be like, oh yeah, he is the victim and or he is the villain in the end for like having them having Jamie and Hera get killed. And I was like, but she was kind of rude and like, not that being rude deserves you get you deserve to die, but like. I don't know. And she was cheating and she was abusive to the kids. I was just like, can we tone it down a little bit? Again, what I love about when we leave America is other countries understand their areas of gray. It's not the good versus the bad. It's People have different right. levels and different m- moments and things. There is no, this is the hero, this is the villain bullshit, which America loves to peddle. <laughs> I, I've always said that about America. That's boring to be like, white knights are riding in. Whereas giving me a complex character where you're like, I don't know if I'm rooting for you. I don't know if I empathize for you. I That's more interesting. That's more compelling. And that's why I had such a fun ride with this movie because I couldn't be like, I'm 100% on your side. You don't deserve what you're about to get because clearly your dead wife is not letting this go. Um, <laughs> But also, I don't know if I really wanted her to like get out of this. There was, there were, I, I was rooting for no one. I was rooting for no one. <laughs> and to be fair, in his defense, he did not know she was going to be with him. She didn't, he did not know that at that, at that point in time when they were going to go kill them or kill him, because she was not the target. She just happened to be in the car and got out of the car like that was smart. <laughs> he still had um, a gang kill a man um, with or without his wife in the car, True. which is an escalation. Like, I feel like there are levels before you get to that step of having a gang come assassinate somebody in your That's neighborhood. Fair. After a dead person told you. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like there could have been some talking first, perhaps. Maybe a divorce. Perhaps. 
Perhaps maybe there should have been a divorce three months before this film started. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those couples that met and started having kids too early in life. And so they were babies. And this is the result of that because they're both clearly unhappy. Right. She won't even sleep with her husband anymore because she's saving her baked goods for her baked good man. And so like he's trying to be romantic in the morning. She's like, no, you smell. And you get to go to work. He's like, I worked overtime last night so we can have a morning. Like, I don't want a morning. And he goes about singing her song and doing the dishes. Um, she's singing her song about like a, te- a bad husband, like essentially. And I was like, you're, he ain't the one cheating, bro. <laughs> again, again, these people are so fucking unhappy and they make each other even more unhappy because like, I can only imagine what it's like to be married to your biggest mistake in life and have to live with them in the same house with two kids. And so I, again, I, I empathize for both, but also I feel like there could have been steps before the behaviors they chose. Oh, sure. And, I, but see, my problem is, I don't think I was given a chance to empathize with the wife. Like, I did, I just, other than her being a victim of being murdered, which sucks, but like, she was just so bad, like, such a, the whole time. There's a lot of bad parents out there. Maybe I was just having flashbacks. I don't know. Listen, listen. There's a lot of bad parents out there. She was not, as far as I could tell, not physically abusive. And so I feel like while I'm not a fan of yelling at children and berating them, I don't know if I would have had her assassinated. Again, oh, there are sure. steps. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> and but, so, yeah, whatever she was doing before she was assassinated, I was like, ah. The moment that got me was when she, like, the dad had sat down and she told him to go off the couch to go get take a shower. And then she, like, yanked the was it son or the daughter. Daughter. Like, yanked yeah, her hands see? up. Yeah, and smelled her hands and was like, your hands are disgusting. We gotta go wash them. And I was like, this is just too triggering for me. (laughs) Maybe that's what it was. And it's, again, they needed to not be married, but I don't know how much a divorce costs there. I know it's expensive here in America. It costs more to get a divorce than most of my friends' weddings actually cost, which is why people are like, I guess we gotta make it work. (laughs) And that's because people have a stigma around divorce which I imagine is also a thing in Brazil because oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And if it's a religious couple, Oh dear, sweet mother Pearl. Cause the church doesn't want you to separate. They want you to suffer indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> so I, again, I don't know what the pressures were to keep them together other than the children, because that I, I don't understand because she seems to be like, I want to go fuck my bakery, man. I'm good loot kids. And so I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She doesn't seem to care about anybody but that baker man. She wants her baked goods. That's for sure. I wonder if the muffin man wouldn't let her leave. (laughs) You know the muffin man? Oh, she knew him very well. (laughs) 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 I was going to say something about muffin tops, but I won't because I feel we have a classy podcast. (laughs) The muffin man, y'all. I will say... I had a moment where I was like, I connected with the Brazilian people because when they go into the muffin man's muffin shop, there's like a radio playing or TV. Maybe it's on TV. It never really shows it, but you just hear the audio. And it's this like televangelist going like, Jesus is going to save us all. And I was like, thank God that's not just a problem in America. (laughs) (laughs) It's universal. Okay. (laughs) So you related with that atmosphere. I did. I was like, ah, It's like walking into a doctor's office and Fox News is playing. If I get into one more lift being told I'm going to hell for drinking, 
<laughs> while you're drunk. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, good sir, do you not know what a lift is for? Do you not know you are hurting? If I go out and stop drinking and get right with the Lord, whoever you listening to, um, <laughs> you you will have one less paying customer. Right. right. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? <laughs> exactly. Turn uh, that shit off. Listen. But yeah, marriage definitely in trouble. Like everything was a fight. He, him coming home smelling like his job, a fight. <laughs> Which I think again just reminded her of where they're at in this poverty line because I feel like they were not doing well. Because when she got the couch, he lost his shit and there was another fight. And she's like, I'm making money doing something else. And he's like, no, it's going to be me paying for it. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, I'll pay you in installments. What? Listen, right? I. If you have to offer to pay your husband in installments, you might need to be paid a lawyer in installments to get that divorce. That marriage is done. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this this would have this movie wouldn't have happened had divorce been an easier process. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most Lifetime movies, I can say the same about. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. Like Lifetime wouldn't be a tele, wouldn't be a, a channel. Like, no, it'd be like I don't know, ABC yeah. Family. <laughs> It, like it would be ABC unfamilyed because people be living their best single lives with the kids. I again, there's this stigma around getting a divorce where it's like, let's make it difficult. Let's make sure people can't afford it. Let's make sure we drag them through the mud and talk about how they broke up their families. Some right. families were better broken. And, and there's fine. also a stigma around like single parent households. Yeah, some families need to be broken and some parents need to be single. And nobody wants to have that conversation because this is America. And it is completely plausible and not hard. I mean, as long as you're communicating to have to have a family where the parents are divorced, but are completely supportive of each other. Let's talk about that for a second. You know, like you don't have to not all divorced people are like, I hate that person, you know, like fighting all the time. Yeah, usually when they get divorced, they stop fighting. Usually. Yeah, because there's not that pressure. <laughs> yeah, you don't live together anymore. So you're just like, I'm going to go return this phone call. And you're good. Well, oh. <laughs> I'll call them back when I feel like talking to them. Yeah, I, 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 I've never understood. I have never understood society, especially for women. Women are never to leave. Um, If he cheats on you, you're supposed to stay with him. If he beats you, you're supposed to stay with him. They even train little girls like early on in life. If he's like beating you up in, on on school, it's because he likes you. And so I don't understand the why and the how. And I wonder if that plays a part of what's going on in this movie, even though it's not in America. I'm assuming there's still some gender dynamics and some stigmatization around marriage ending, just because it seems to be one of the universal things that everybody fucks up. Yeah, and then like after one of the five, this is the same scene you were talking about, where she's singing the song and doing the dishes, he, like, comes up to her and, like, tries to make some moves on her. He's like, why do straight men think that sex cures everything? Like, she, she's clearly upset with the world, and your dick ain't gonna solve the problems. I feel like they don't have sex, and he's still trying. He, I don't think he understands how far along this marriage is done. I don't think she shared that with him. <laughs> um, so he's like, we're not good like we used to be, but we're still married, so we still do these things. And she's like, no, I only sleep with the muffin man, but you don't know that yet. The muffin man? The muffin man! He lives on Mulberry Lane. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I feel like whatever he does or says, she's just like, the way you smell! 
And again, it's because she is not meant to be a housewife homemaker. And that's what she's been forced into, probably because of very similar gender stereotypes as in America and the traditional roles of all of that bullshit. And so instead of her being like, uh, no, gonna not do this, she's like, I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna be miserable. And so will everybody else around me, except for the muffin man. Except for that muffin man. She got the, he getting them muffins now. I think this episode's title is The Muffin Man. I just need to say that now. Probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know the muffin man? <laughs> the muffin man? The muffin man. Muffin man. <laughs> I, but I also kind of think that she's this character is the type of person that once she got the muffin, like once she got out of this marriage and went with the muffin man, she's going to want the taxi driver. And when she gets with the taxi driver, she's going to want the blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't think she's ever will ever be happy because I don't think she's happy. With, she, I don't think she loves herself. She don't love herself. And I think that part of her, her need to class climb for lack of a better term, is because she's one of those people who thinks that having more material belongings and more station in life is self-love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's going to keep climbing. And I think she sees the Muffin Man as the next monkey bar bar. I don't. I was not a kid on the playground. I don't know what the terminology for <laughs> <laughs> the monkey bars are. But she wants the monkey bar until she can like climb up that ladder. And so perhaps this was like her high school boyfriend or whatever, and he had a promising future. Then they had kids and he, he was like, I got to take this job so we can survive. And she's like, that's not, that's not what I want from you. I need more, I need more ambition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like this is a dark fable situation, which I love because I love learning a lesson about not fucking with what the dead tells you. <laughs> And also talking to the person you're mad at instead of going out and like creating more chaos. I agree. And well, and I don't get too far into it because that's my hot take. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do see the fable part. It's like today's the more you know, like <laughs> right? No, and that's something else we get whenever we leave America for international film because international films aren't afraid to like have emotions and like do other stuff because in America we need boobs and blood. And so that's what the movie, the majority of our movies are boobs and blood. Um, <laughs> nothing to do with boobs and cats and boobs and blood and boobs and boobs blood. And blood. And blood. Um, that's what we normally get here. Um, we we can usually like see a few people doing something different. And that's why we grapple with them and we like attach to them because we're like, hey, everybody had clothes on in your movie and Thank it was a you. good movie. <laughs> but like for those like few gyms we find here in America, other countries seem to be just like doing that constantly. And so you you can get something like Tiger's Not Afraid or A Girl Wants Home Alone at Night or Under the Shadows or like so many other movies I've seen recently and I'm drawing blanks on, Train to Busan. They make time to have emotions and be people and they make sure their movies are or have intention and specificity in a way that America forgets to if they can because we get a lot of throw the buckets of blood and have an alien float down and then we're going to CGI in this like transformer because people love a fucking transformer. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I feel like by doing less, they do more in other countries. And I have lived for this month of not being in Kansas. <laughs> no more Kansas. No um, more. I don't know about how it affected you, but there were times when the gore was a little difficult for me to watch. Like I, I love a good medical drama, but like, 
when he's like performing autopsies and stuff, I was like, ooh, I don't, ooh, ooh, I don't like this. Oh. <laughs> I think it goes back to, again, other countries actually, like, understanding the weight and gravity of these situations. Because in the backdrop of this movie, which on the surface is about a guy who's upset with his wife for cheating and, like, <laughs> uses his powers to pull in some gang members to assassinate a man. And then the wife happens to be there. But in the backdrop of this, it's very much talking about, like, this, like, gang warfare, which I... I don't know this area of Brazil. I don't know if that's an actual conversation or if it's a high dramatized situation or what but but like clearly gangs are bad <laughs> um gang violence what? is a problem and that's something that happens across the globe still like i i had just lived in chicago not even two years ago i'm also from kansas city missouri and so i feel like showing people the weight of these choices and like what happens that's a good conversation to have because a lot yeah. of people forget sometimes that their actions do have consequences that are very real. Yeah, and I did love how this film weaved together all these themes, that, you know, the theme of this terrible marriage, the theme of betrayal, the theme of gang violence, the themes of, you know, talking to dead, you know, talking to the dead, revering the dead and learning from the dead. I thought it was really smart how it weaved all those kind of ideas and themes together. Yeah. And it also, because he used his gift for selfish reasons, it also goes back to that whole morality tale because that's one of the things that like every Aesop's fable will tell you. <laughs> you your gift is for others and when you use it for your, even Charmed, even fucking Charmed. It was like, we can't use the book for our own gains. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't even finish the series, I know that much. <laughs> I was like, oh, Phoebe's but doing it again. <laughs> She's gonna get it's gonna backfire. Right. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And he spent all these years with his power. We don't even know how many years. And then he was like, I am mad and I am going to take care of the other man and stop talking to my wife and the other man. Uh, and the dead people were straight up like, I can't believe you just did that. Have you learned nothing? And he's like, Shut up, dead man. And they're like, mm, you'll be talking to your wife soon. Um <laughs> so they said, hmm, into the locker with you. That scene where he wakes up inside the, like, the locker room where they keep the dead bodies, I would I would have flipped shit. It takes a very special person to be able to hang out with the dead because like, we know doctors are in the room sometimes and people die, or nurses and all of mm. those, but like, it takes a very special person to be in the room surrounded by dead people constantly and not lose their shit. Yeah, couldn't do it. <laughs> Mad respect for those who can, but I, it's just not that category. Yeah. We need to, like, especially because I think they, give, they get like out of the conversation quite often when we talk about healthcare professionals mm -hmm. because people are selfish. They're like, people keep me alive, but, like, we don't talk about the people who handle us once we're on the other side of being alive. And, like, I, I hope people are also giving them donuts and flowers and all the praise they're giving people. Who especially just, during this pandemic and, like, yeah. ooh. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was about to say because we, we constantly are like the nurses are the heroes, the doctors are the heroes but also these people who are in these basements um, dealing with all of this also should be getting a little bit of attention, I feel. Oh yeah, that scene where like it was like super late at night but like some big thing happened or something and they keep like bringing in all these bodies. He's like, I, go, I don't have any more room. I was like, ooh, this is it is hitting home. <laughs> a landslide. Yeah, it was a landslide. So landslide, people yes. dirt and dirt. 
and dust. I said dirt. Um, <laughs> people were caked in dust and dirt. <laughs> and he's like, put that one on the floor. Because again, like, I assume these are as equally understaffed as nurses, hospitals, and things. Probably. And so, it's not more understaffed than they are here. Yeah, because nobody cares about the dead. And these people have to. They have to do all of the proper protocols, get you ready to go to the funeral home and all that jazz. Yeah. And we don't give them enough respect. And so I would like to see the conversation shift to include everybody in the medical field, as opposed to the faces we like to see in the medical field. It's very much like how we have like certain months that we celebrate, like Women's History or um, anything like that. And then we have a very specific image when these places get around to advertising it. And it's usually white women. And you're like, well, like women come in all colors, shapes, and sizes. It ain't just Lady Gaga. And they're like, we can't hear you. <laughs> That's what it feels like when we talk about the medical field. And like we're rushing the nurses and doctors to be the Lady Gaga and forget about everybody else. Because technically, even the people who clean those hospitals, because they have to get trained in such a specific way to handle all of that waste and to like clean up around these like bloody messes. And it just, we need to spend more time thinking about that because that's something we don't and I'm gonna stop bringing that up because I feel like I've been talking about this for 30 minutes <laughs> but also I'm sober so what is time right and it's, but it's true I mean it's a good point and I don't think enough people bring it up um I would I will say again and I think this has been true for most of the films for most of the foreign films we've watched this month these child actors especially that little boy was they were great I was like where y'all getting these? What, what y'all putting in these baby food to make these act, child actors so good? Like, I, we've done four movies, four, yes. And all of them have had, all of the movies have had kids, right? Am I, because I'm getting this mixed, because I know yeah. I've done a lot of international outside of the podcast, but I'm pretty sure all of the four we've chosen. Yeah, Train to Busan had the little girl. Yeah. Perry was all about the little girl. And the little boy with the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Revenge of the Pontianic. Was yeah. 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 And all of these kids were like badasses, which we don't get in America. I, I feel like there's a different training going on in other countries where they actually like make the children act because here we're just like, just be a kid. And they're like, I can't read. Um, <laughs> and so you get like your few kids every uh, generation and you're like, hold on to them. They can act. Um, and then those kids are like, I'm burned out by 12 because I had to do all the movies because nobody <laughs> else could act. Whereas like we've had we've had nothing but like really talented actors by giving out awards. Yeah. yeah. So whatever international folks are doing for their acting academies for the youngins, we should be taking notes. Right. Agreed. This was a pretty effective haunting situation. And it made me worry about Lara and the kids. Because the mom was like, bleed her, she's in my house, or I'll kill everybody. And it felt very much a little bit like Medea, not the Tyler Perry bullshit, but like the Greek Medea, the good one. <laughs> I was like, are we going to get into this? Is she going to kill a kid? Oh my God. She was trying. She was fucking trying. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't far. Like, It's not like she was acting super attached to the kids when she was alive, much less when she's dead. When she pulled Cece into the oven, if that's, I don't know if it's Cece or something else. I, I had subtitles on, and so I'm seeing Cece, but I'm right. forgetting what they said. So, like, her name may be something else. But when she pulled Cece into that oven and threw the fucking cabinet in the door to be like, you will not come for this child, I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, she has had it. A right. 
officially. I love in a horror movie when the supernatural element puts the kids in danger because it really raises the stakes. Because I feel, especially in America, we're all like, the kids are always safe. Like, why are they in my movie then? Get them out. Only people that might die are in my movie. <laughs> I don't need a little kitty over here. Um, and so I was like, oh, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Because I thought I knew what we were going to do, but we just have the kid in an oven. So... <laughs> <laughs> they ain't afraid to go there, you know. And I lived. So that last fight between, well, not the well, yeah, I guess it was the last fight when what's her face, the girlfriend, not the girlfriend, but you know the Lara, who was about to be the girlfriend before shit popped yeah. off. Yeah, it's possessed by the mom, and then she's like, like they're fighting, and she is screaming bloody murder. I, my, my first thought was, where are your neighbors? Like. <laughs> Why is no one concerned? Like it's, it's, something is happening in this house, and they ain't—they're like, "Well, good night, good night." <laughs> to be fair, somebody was just murdered on the street a couple weeks ago, and this sure. family has been loud and chaotic from the moment we were introduced to them. He came home, and I was like, "I would hate to be your neighbor because there's yelling, <laughs> there's crying, the kids getting dropped off by the police because he's done some illegal shit." So, <laughs> That's fair. Well, yeah, it could be like, where is your name? Because they're, they're, they're not in some rural atmosphere environment. They're like, they're neighbors. <laughs> they're there. And again, it depends on the area because I know that there are neighborhoods in America in every oh, city yeah. state yeah. where it's just like, mind your business. We don't trust the cops for obvious reasons. Right. And they were not doing super wealthy, which is part of the reason this woman was like out with a muffin man. This movie felt like a comic book, and I think it was adapted from something, but I couldn't tell what because I do not speak the language because bad schooling. Twas homeschooled and in America. You didn't learn every language in, around the world to know how to read. No, I I mean we got we got some shoddy education systems over here, but oh, I was also 100%. homeschooled. So even if I like I yeah, but I think that it was adapted from something is what I. Could tell from what I think. Yeah, I know. there was a there was a little thing in the credit that said like I could tell like adapted maybe was in there. Yeah. I don't know. And if it's a comic, I want it. I've been trying to Google it, but it's hard to get anything about it. You have to like Google the actual name, which is um, I forgot, but when I see it, I'll know it. Which translates into the Night Shifter in order to get the Wikipedia page in Portuguese to translate into English. Because if you just Google Night Shifter, Wikipedia is like I don't know what you mean. And I'm like, bitch, you know what I mean. <laughs> Google's like, mm-mm. And so I had to like go freeze the credits and type in the the actual name. And then she was like, oh, that was a movie. You, you mean? Yeah. Um, I it felt like a comic book though. So I hope it is a comic book or at least a graphic novel because it had that energy. And I feel like it's not finished at the end, even though it it's a satisfied enough ending. It's not finished, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there was a, it was an interesting, nice foreshadowing with the, you know, you can't be forgiven for killing family line. And that because he gets told that fairly early on by the dead guy. And then later, and then later on, it comes into play at the end when he realizes that he will never be free from this curse. So since he inadvertently and unknowing to, unknowing, you know, didn't mean to, like, oops, he's sorry. Uh, killed his he didn't wife. care. He knew what he was. Well, yeah, I don't think he meant to kill his wife, yeah. but like he knew what he was doing when he's fucking with the dead folks. Let's not. <laughs> oh yeah, but I mean, like the yeah, but he he inadvertently killed his family by killing by accident, yeah. accidentally killing his wife. 
like again, every fable we've all ever been told our entire existence is be careful what you wish for. <laughs> because sometimes you're not specific enough. Like I wish I could stay home more often and then there was a pandemic. That's true. <laughs> and I'm never you. going out again. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but this is another film that isn't so much scary as it's just a dark and twisty fun ride, which again is something that I love other countries are capable of doing. America's not figured that out yet. Because they're just like, oh, we want to play in the genre, but we don't know how to not do boobs and blood. Um, I, think, I, I, I feel like America does better if you get if you get out of the mainstream. If you go to like indie indie horror, which still, there, it, there's just so yeah. much that it's hard to say. You know what I mean? It's still, it's still a smaller percentage than us just even like this one month where we just like pick movies at random. Right. But, like it's still hard. Like I... If I were to sit down and just list the last 10 indie movies I saw, it was to be a majority, I'm aspiring to be boobs and blood, as opposed to I'm an art artist or a fan, which is another reason why we like latch on to the people who do things that excite us, because like we don't know how much time we have with them, <laughs> because yeah. what if they decide to retire and go make soap or something? And you're like, but you're going to leave me with boobs and blood. And so, <laughs> so we got plenty of soap. You stay yeah. in the movies. I'm never going to use soap again. How dare you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that per capita, America does not do enough fun things like this. Yeah. Um, as opposed to other countries who, again, we dropped in on these places at random and had a good time. I would say three out of the four. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that fourth one, though. <laughs> you know what? We don't have to get back into that, but. There's two movies with the same name from the same area, and so I'm gonna assume how we put the other side of that coin. Uh, it would have been a royal flush or whatever it is in poker. I don't play poker. A full house is that a thing? I don't. The TV show. Oh, Uncle Jesse <laughs> and Uncle Joey, who was not an uncle, which gets creepier every time I revisit that. That is creepy. Yeah, I try not to think about it. <laughs> I I have questions, but I won't talk to some of the cast because they've made choices. <laughs> and let us more set, let us know all about it. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? And <laughs> <laughs> Muffin Man. Woo. <laughs> I, I felt like so this movie overall, I felt it was a bit predictable because like as soon as like, I kind of saw things coming down the line but it was a fun ride i enjoyed it oh yeah like it was it was definitely the epitome of this is a good time but it's not the most original outline yeah because like it, would i say this is my favorite film we've covered no but is it my least favorite film we've covered absolutely not it's probably somewhere in like the top middle area for me but i'd rewatch her i would i would rewatch her and i would recommend her i'm gonna actually when we wrap up what all of our shenanigans today i'm gonna be like hey 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 gts have y'all seen this movie and they'll be like yes and i'll be like never mind but i thought <laughs> that we should talk about it now that we've all seen it oh right <laughs> I would recommend it. I don't know that I would watch it again unless I was watching it with someone that hadn't seen it. I because I like a smart movie that is doing something different. I I can see myself coming back to this a few times, especially because I pay for Shutter all year round. That's a good investment. Way to put an ad in when we don't get paid for ads. <laughs> Welcome to. <laughs> Welcome to. If you're I not also, subscribed to Shutter, what are you doing? Right. 
<laughs> no, I'm just going to send them that clip to be like, hey, I did an accidental ad for you. Can you give me next year free? Is that a thing? Look. <laughs> One month free next year. Um, <laughs> right. And they'll be like, who are you? And I'll be like, good answer. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a fun movie. And again, I don't know a lot of Brazilian horror. And so I'm going to definitely use it as like a guidepost to sort of like spin off into other ones. It'll be like my little star to be like, is it as good as, or as good words? Is it as good as? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's my, thank you. <laughs> I am sober today and my brain does not understand how to do the things. Which is like keep clapping into my mic, which is going to be very obnoxious for everybody at home. <laughs> 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 I hate today. <laughs> but yeah. I think it was a good time. And especially for like what is possibly my first Brazilian horror movie or genre movie, let's say, because I, I think that we do got to start opening it up because it's not everything is traditional horror. Sometimes it's just a good time with some vampires and some dead people. And that's fine. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah and we, and we've done some films that weren't tradi- like, like Promise a Young, Young Woman. I don't think it is like a traditional horror film, but we covered it and I'm glad we did. That one's tricky. Because it it is a horror film. <laughs> um, right. Unfortunately, it's a horror film for people who are on this side of that power dynamic and who are on that side mm-hmm. of rape culture. Mm-hmm. Because it's probably the scariest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> but also, real true life. And so, a lot of... It was This was a big debate because people were like, is it a horror movie? Is it a genre movie? Nothing happens. And that was a bunch of dudes saying that. And I was in a couple clubhouse rooms where people were like, um, it's a horror movie if people are afraid of the thing and we're all afraid of men. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, it, I think horror is, as we've said before, kind of in the eye of the beholder. Like whatever you consider to be horror is horror. And like horror is a very broad umbrella. Because I would put thrillers under horror. I would put sci-fi under like you know, some sci-fi under horror. You know, I have an easier time putting sci-fi under horror because a lot of times those aliens do go rogue. Whereas I've seen some thrillers and like there are some thrillers that are definitely like there is something in the house trying to kill you. And there's some where it's Gone Girl. And it's like, do I Mm. want Ben Affleck in my world? No, keep him over there. (laughs) Him and Tyler Perry can go do other stuff. Even though I I hate to say that because Gillian Flynn is a Missouri gal. And so I listen to her novels. But sometimes the casting choices upset me, so I don't watch the movies. <laughs> um, yeah. Points. But anywho, back to this movie. <laughs> we love a tangent. <laughs> and I got them for days. <laughs> <laughs> but back to this movie, my last thought on this particular movie is I want someone to put a copy in Brian Fuller's hand ASAP. Not so we can have an American adaptation, because no. But I think that he would really enjoy this because of his time with Pushing Daisies and Hannibal that he gave us. And I want him to have nice things that he doesn't have to create for himself. I'd be down. Maybe, I he, could say, maybe he could take the concept and do a different take on it, you know? Let us leave Let us leave Brazil alone. <laughs> I Because I love Brian Fuller, but also I don't love when America is like, let's take some stuff. Because that's well, how America so. was founded. So let us just let us just let him enjoy it and give us his thoughts on it. Because I would love to know what, what he thinks about this movie. Because again, he gave us Pushing Daisies, he gave us Hannibal, he gave us 
Dead Like Me, he gave us um, Wonder Falls. And so he's very whimsical, but also really gross sometimes. <laughs> and so I would love him to be like, oh yeah, this is this and this is that. And I would be like, notes, 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 taking all the notes. Thank you, Mr. Fuller. <laughs> all right. Are we feeling spicy? Yeah, I I would love to induct this into the Hall of Horror Films. That would have never happened if people had access to free counseling and therapy. <laughs> so they could talk about their feelings. Because this marriage needed serious counseling and look at all the chaos that came out of not talking about your feelings. <laughs> yeah. So my hot take is kind of funny. I don't know. I said, if the dead don't want their secrets told, then maybe they, should, they shouldn't talk too much, so much. <laughs> They've been talking this whole movie, and then they're like, you told somebody? Well, shut up. Like, But also dead men tell no lies. That's true. But that ain't, you know, listen, I'm like, if you don't want your secret told, don't tell nobody. But also, the right people need to be listening. Because again, the saying goes, dead men tell no lies. He could have... <laughs> And then what he do? He took what a dead man said, and then he lied, and that's why he got to be a dead man now. <laughs> he ain't dead yet. In theory, because like when it leaves out for them running, being chased out of people that has died because of this fucking lie. <laughs> and I again, it feels like a superhero moment or a comic book moment. Because I don't know if he'd be a superhero or a supervillain. It's still murky. But it, I didn't see that ending coming. I was like, people got to die. Someone got to die. And he's like, no, I'm just going to leave my family if I tell them what I've done to their mother with the ring. And they, you see him being haunted by these naked dead corpses. And I'm just like, oh, are we running into a sequel? Um, <laughs> I don't know. All I'm saying is if there are any dead people listening out there, shut your mouth. Don't be <laughs> challenging dead people. Don't be coming talking to me. Gotta don't be challenged. Don't you challenge dead people. We challenge Chads and they have found me every month. Do not bring dead people into that. I want to have dead Chads in my DMs. I'm going to send them right to you and be like, hey, hey Trent, <laughs> do you ring? <laughs> oh, touche, touche. All right. Well, that is our thoughts on Night Shifter. And this concludes our trip around the world. I've loved this we're not in Kansas anymore moment. I, I wish we did it every season. We might have to. I think so, because we end up leaving America anyways, but like it was good to do it on purpose and like get off the beaten path. Cause I I only heard of one of these movies when we started, and it was trained mm -hmm. to Busan. And the Same. others were fun surprises. We got while just Googling to see what's out there. I don't know if they were all fun surprises. Some of them were just a surprise. You know what? As bad as Perry was, it was not the worst thing we've watched. And that little girl floating in the trees is the best <laughs> laugh I've had in months. I don't know. We had this conversation on the episode. It's it's way down there for me. It may not be the bottom, but it's... Like, like she's not in my top 50, but, like, she is... <laughs> and we've done 56. <laughs> <laughs> she's not in my top 50. But, like, she's... I, I, I still stand by we've done some shittier movies, and we will. I know for a oh, fact in <laughs> this season, do shittier movies than that. And some of them were longer than her, and I'm just like, oh, hold. <laughs> we got to pause on that one, because I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah. <laughs> After any bad movie, I'm going to be like, is it worse than Perry? <laughs> Perry has set the bar for worse movies. No, I don't want Perry to set the bar. I want, well, whatever. It'll be one of the bars. Is it better or worse than Perry? 
Is it better or worse than Caesar the Witch? Is it better well, or worse than? I still say that's worse than Perry. I I know it's a divisive movie. The the John Carpenter one, not the yes. yeah. We gotta be specific because we've done two yes. now. <laughs> right. We need more titles for horror movies so we can stop getting into these weird circles because people who weren't with us last season are like, um, the fuck? (laughs) Is it better or worse than Lords of Salem? Better. Pretty even for me, honestly. That's insulting, and we need to wrap this up. Anywho. (laughs) I was happy we left America. (laughs) I was too. Want to do it again? Probably will. All right. Next month, we are highlighting the work of queer artists. Category is, let's hear it for the gays. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to kick this month off with The Cured. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait because I've seen none of the movies next month, much like this month. So we're already looking at eight movies I know nothing about. Except for, (laughs) that's not true. I knew Train to Busan had a train. That's fair. I mean, that, that's a pretty fair conclusion, but just the title. like. And I also knew the train was heading to Busan. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Look at you, Nancy Drew. And technically, I knew the night shifter. He would work at nights. But, like, yeah. You need to start, you need to start a detective agency. That's what you need. <laughs> Indianapolis, go to Sheree if you need some detective. I am Veronica Mars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, before we get too crazy, (laughs) thank you all for listening, and make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.